0: Dynasties know that every player counts. To build a championship team with a deep bench, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. You can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed suite of powerful hiring tools, like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed, U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. We know at Baseball America, we've got a job posting going up. Where are we going to put it? Of course, it's going to be Indeed. And Indeed has the screening assessments that can help the cream rise to the top. You can select for the skills that matter. With Indeed assessments, you can pick from over 100 skills tests and add them to your job post. That way, you can find candidates with the right skills fast. Join over the 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applicants that match your must-have job requirements. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash Baseball America to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Pitch. Swing
1: a long Deep left. Way Go
0: on! Hey everybody, JJ Cooper, Carlos Colazzo, Jeff Ponce, a emergency edition of the Baseball America podcast. I think it was less than an hour ago as we record this that we, we heard the news that Sean Murphy, long rumored to be on the move, is on the move. He's a Brave. The Braves and the A's have gotten together for the second offseason in a row with a blockbuster deal. And this time, the Brewers raised their hand and said, hey, guys, can we get involved in this deal, too? And added an all-star catcher in the deal. We have lots of thoughts. Uh, This is going to be, I think, a pretty spirited podcast. Uh, We're not a hot take place, but... There will be some opinions on this one, I think. But you got Carlos, some takes, JJ? You do our, <laughs> yeah, I have some takes. But Carlos, you do our Braves list that I think for Prospect Handbook Standards, because we are busy working on it right now, may not reflect this in the book, but will when we do the yeah. A's top 10 in the mag. But Carlos, the, the Braves just traded much of what was left of the top 10 of their farm system in the last week. If you throw in Justin Henry Malloy as well, but what is your thought? Let's look at it from the Braves perspective. Did they give up a lot? Did they give up a little or what, you know, what do you think?
2: Well, first of all, I'm pretty glad this happened a day after our deadline for the prospect handbook, because as you said, the top 10 of this system has basically been thrown up into the air and obliterated. Um, I mean, if you just look at where these players who are traded rank, you might think that it was a pretty big haul. For the athletics, but I do think that this brave system is one of the worst in baseball right now. It is not the same system that, that you've come to know Atlanta to have over the last few years. It's been thinned out by graduations and trading players. Uh, and, and to Atlanta's credit, they've graduated a lot of really impactful players. But now the system is left with a lot of kind of unremarkable arms in the upper minors, who I think can be valuable big league pieces and can be helpful um, a lot of a lot of players who have the ability to start, but maybe won't start for this Atlanta team. And I think in this trade, the Braves have traded from some of that depth in the upper minors that maybe wouldn't have been able to make as big of an impact on their club in 2023. Um, and maybe the A's can take advantage of that. Uh, there are four players that the Braves traded uh, to Oakland in this, I guess three, and then one to the Brewers in this trade. But the headliner is Kyle Muller. He was the number one prospect in the Braves system at this. At this point, uh, he was a guy who probably wasn't going to make our top 100, but was kind of in that fringe consideration for that range. I know there are a couple people um, on the BA staff who who thought about giving him votes for a top 100 list as we kind of get closer to putting together some drafts for that. But he's a guy who I, I view him kind of like Kyle Wright a few years ago, who had a lot of success at the minor league level and is still trying to fully translate that to the majors Big left-hander with a lot of stuff from the left side, upper 90s fastball. Um, That pitch plays down a little bit because it doesn't have crazy life uh, or shape, but he also gets good extension, has good secondaries. Uh, And then we can kind of go further down into some of these players, but Roy Bear Salinas and Freddie Tarnock are also guys that I think can provide big league value in the very near future. Salinas is probably more likely of a reliever than Tarnock is at this point, although I think there are scouts who view both of those pitchers as relievers. Uh, And then Justin Yeager, who is the fourth piece that the Braves or the fourth prospect piece that the Braves are sending along in this trade to the Brewers is is definitely a straight reliever prospect who would rank towards the back of a top 30. So it's a lot of pitching depth. I don't know if it's the impact you would want to see coming back if you're trading Sean Murphy, if you're an Oakland fan. But I think Kyle Muller still has a chance to be a pretty good starter. So I guess you're banking on that.
0: We're going to get back to Mueller a little bit more, but Jeff, I'm going to put you on a tee, which is I look at this trade from the Brewers standpoint, and it is hard to explain. It is hard not to like this trade. If you're a Brewers fan, I imagine. If you're looking at this from the Brewers perspective, they added William Contreras, who was the second best player, I believe in this deal. And they didn't give up a whole lot to do so.
1: No, um, I think, you know, you look at what they moved. It's a player, Asturias Ruiz, that they had acquired um, during the season. Had a bit of a breakout in terms of, you know, big jump in plate approach and really stopped chasing pitches outside of the zone. There's speed there. There's ability. A lot of defensive questions. I think if you look raw power-wise, it's probably only like 40 power. Um He's kind of an interesting player, like just in terms of like he's a guy that Oakland can plug in probably every day or, or close to should be in the mix in the 26 man. Um, but not a player. I don't think the Brewers had any plans of starting anytime soon, um, you know, and, and then in return, I, I think you can argue and I don't, I don't think it'd be wrong they they get the second best player in this deal. Um, which, you know, if you're, you're trading the best player as Oakland, you typically want to get the second best player in the deal. So it's kind of funny how, you know, with the Brewers being a conduit here, they're able to acquire a young catcher uh, with offensive upside, um, a potential everyday guy. Um, and I think there's a lot of value in that. And, you know, they also add um, Joel Pambis, who, you know, had a bit of a breakout in Oakland last year out of the bullpen. He's put, pitched, I think, a little bit under 100 appearances over the last two seasons. Um, has had major league service time in the last four, and he sort of figured out by ditching his four seam fastball usage by about, or well, cutting it by about 50%, upping his usage of a slider. So, he's slider first now, and then sort of in lieu of the four seam, started using a sinker. and He jumped his ground ball rate by 20%. So, he's not a big swing and miss guy. The stuff's okay, it's a really good slider. From like a stuff perspective um, but i think the big thing for him is is being able to generate ground balls at a high rate and there's certainly some value for that for the brewers as well so even some of these other guys that they got you know or, or even Justin Yeager, um, you know there's some value here so i think for the brewers like you know you add a potential relief arm you you add a starting catcher and all you really had to to give up was really a backup catcher at this point and a prospect that probably wasn't going to factor into your outfield situation long-term anyway.
0: Okay. So I asked Carlos about the Braves. I asked Jeff about the Brewers. I drew the short end of the, you know, the straw here, the short straw here, because <laughs> I get to try to explain this from the A's perspective. Oh man.
2: Good, good luck, JJ. Good luck.
0: I don't have an explanation. I'm sorry. I don't like, A lot of times trades happen nowadays and you just look at the trade and it's just boring. And I mean that in a way from the standpoint of like, yep, makes sense for this team. This is what this team's getting. Seems just flat out. Even maybe this team does a better job identifying this player or that player. Maybe this, whatever, right? This player's rebuilt. This team's rebuilding. They're getting the prospects. This team's trying to win. Now they get the best big leaguer. Okay, this is not one of those trades. I reached out to people I know with three different organizations as soon as I heard about this trade. And my request with all of them is, am I missing something? The names that I heard, winter meetings were last week. Sean Murphy was available. I was hearing rumblings of names from people I talked to. Of here's the asks for Murphy. Here's what you know, what uh, parameters of a deal could be. The names I heard were better cornerstone players to get back than this. The feedback I got from those from people, again, with three different organizations that were not involved in this trade was, I don't have anything for you. This is baffling to us as well. We don't get it. Um, the overarching thing, yes, what Jeff said, you are talking about the A's traded the best player in this deal. And by the way, Sean Murphy is not a rental. Sean Murphy is should be the Braves catcher in 23, 24 and 25. Okay, that's that's value as far mm-hmm. as he will be And by the way, Sean Murphy has always hit significantly better outside of Oakland than he did in Oakland. Yeah. So he may and, be even better even, than what you're And even right
2: factoring in the fact that that he's not as great at home as a hitter, in the last three years, he's second to only JT Real in F-War with 10 to Real Muto's 12.6. And I think we know the scarcity of impact catchers at the big league level in getting arguably a top two, probably sa- more safely a top three catcher in the game. That's a difference maker. E- even though the Braves were already in a pretty good catching situation. Yes. <laughs> I mean, arguably they were in one of the best catching situations prior to this yes. trade. Now they're now they're solidly probably the best if you're looking at yes. just depth and impact. Like yes, you know,
0: because they they have to, because they also have redundancy. Like you could say if you're a Phillies fan and you go, I'd rather have real Mudo. Okay. But if real Mudo goes down, you're taking a big 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 tumble down the list if the Braves lose one of these two guys for a month they're like it's okay we'll just turn the knob up on Murphy's playing time or darno's playing yeah. time for this month until the other returns where do you but, think
2: where do you think Darnaud ranks on that that war list by the way last three years of catchers fifth sixth yep so two top <laughs> six catchers in the last three years for the Braves now
0: and by the way, as you said, they also had Contreras, who, by the way, now there are some questions about Contreras' glove. I think he's okay defensively. He's not great. He's fine, but uh, yeah. So, but the other part of this is, is the A's. When you look at this, a year ago, the A's made a trade with the Braves, and they got Matt. They traded Matt Olson, and what did they get in return? Shay Langaliers, Ryan Cusick, Joey Estes.
2: Okay. Christian Pache.
0: And Christian Pache. Yep. Now, even if you acquire top 100 prospects, there's still risk involved. But Pache was a former top 100. I think at
2: the time of that trade, Pache would have been at the back of our top 100. And Langoliers was also somewhere in the middle to back. Langoliers was number 52.
0: Yeah. So Langoliers
2: at the time was... And I remember having a discussion about the top prospect uh, in the Brave system. At this point, we had a; it was really tough at the time to figure out between Michael Harris, Shea Langeliers, and Christian Pache. We, we ended up going with Harris, which feels good now in hindsight. but, yes. but at the time, Langoliers and Pache were were close in that conversation when this trade went down. Um, and, and I do think, I mean, just looking back at that trade, I, I like that return more at the same time than than this Murphy return. Now I don't know where you're going with that, JJ. But I'll let you but, kind of keep up your.
0: What what I was going to say is, is Langoliers is obviously going to be the A's catcher, everyday catcher. Now, not Manny Pena, you know, Pena will be the backup. And so, okay. They clearly feel pretty good about what they got in Langoliers. Pache, they have to be very concerned about because he regressed mightily, but he is young. Give him another chance next year. They might as well. They're not going to win a lot of games, but then Cusick and Estes, the non-top-100 range prospects that they received in return, Cusick really backed up. Estes also backed up. So Cusick really backed up. And so the concern you have when you make a trade like this to me, when you are adding a lot of pieces that I would describe as players who are in that 100, really 150 to 400, 450 best in baseball range, There's a lot of variance in that. Maybe you hit on one, but if you like Roy Roybear Salinas, you know, if you like a player like that, you can like them, but it's really hard to win trades by you think that you know a lot more about those players than the team that you're acquiring them from, from does. And the other part I just look at with this is, I, I don't see a cohesive, this is how these A's pieces come together. It seems like more, it's just like they're trading salary. They're adding prospect. They're adding young players, but it's almost kind of like, they're just in a holding pattern, hoping to get to Vegas. I I don't know what, like, and I say this, I'm not saying this just personally opinion. I'm trying to reach out to people I know in baseball who may be who are not, definitely smarter than me and may have insights that I don't have. And I've yet to come up with one. Again, it's only three, but I've yet to come up with one who says, no, 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 here's what you're missing, which by the way, sometimes happens on trades. I Jeff, like as you look at this, am I I'll put it to both of you, but I'll start with you, Jeff. Am I yeah. missing something on the A's side of this trade? Or is it like great trade for the Brewers, good trade for the Braves? And I don't know what happened here for the A's.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's been a consistent with the the deals that they've made over and over and over again. It, it just seems like they acquire a lot of guys with flash and sort of upside, but not necessarily like a truly like cohesive profile. Um. Even the guys you know they, they acquired from the yankees like it's just it always seems like there's a lot of tweeners guys that maybe have big stuff but haven't been able to sort of answer their final you know question um it, it's funny kyle muller for for better or for worse is probably one of the less risky prospects that they've acquired but um i still think there's some questions probably about muller you know in terms of whether he's a starter or a reliever so it's I, I, I don't really know um, sort of what the mentality is other than they seem to be trying to acquire as many like high upside, big stuff guys as they possibly can. Um, the worry is just with some force, I haven't seen the trades from the last you know year or so. Once they get those guys in, can they develop them into strike throwers and guys that you know, can execute. And and I don't, I don't know if there's an answer there.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. If you need to hire, you need indeed.
2: Yeah, that that one's actually really interesting just to pick up on because a a lot of the pitchers, all three of the pitchers that the Braves sent to Oakland in this deal, it would not be surprising at all if if none of them were starters, if they were all relievers. I I am fascinated in this deal in the sense that all the pitchers that Atlanta is trading, there was not a lot of room in the 23 rotation for the Braves for these guys to get in and continue starting. And I think two of the three, certainly Tarnock and Muller, are ready for more regular big league roles. And I do think this will be fascinating just to see if they can kind of continue developing as starters at the big league level, if there's room in the rotation in Oakland for them to do that. Um, Tarnak has shown flashes in the past where he's got his control together. He's got the plus fastball and the really good curveball. The curveball regressed a little bit this year. Um, so I'm just kind of curious about how their development will look like outside of Atlanta, where maybe they do have a few more opportunities. Obviously, the A's are not in the same competitive window that the Braves are. Um, I wouldn't think that the options that Oakland has right now are are any more competitive than the Braves starting rotation. Uh, And Salinas as well. I mean, he's being developed as a starter right now for Atlanta. There are a lot of reasons to think he'll go to the bullpen. But again, like all of these guys are kind of that split starter reliever risk. uh, And I'm curious to see how that pans out for them. But to Jeff's point... Ryan Cusick he threw a lot of strikes in his one stint with the Braves which was a bit surprising especially after his Wake Forest career as soon as he went to Oakland it it seemed like that disappeared so whether that was something that Oakland is doing from a pitching development perspective that the Braves had figured out and they just haven't figured out how to do in Oakland haven't figured out how to replicate or whether or not that was Cusick just taking a step backwards it's hard to suss out and know for sure but I do know that the Braves have done a pretty good job developing pitchers in the past few years. And and I don't know that we can say the same about the A's. So they've got a lot of stuff to work with now. And it's a matter of just kind of taking them through those final stages in their development.
0: The, The other thing I would say with that is, is that I do also believe that the Braves are potentially trading not high on Mueller as much as before his trade value could diminish. Like to what Carlos said, you look at this current Braves rotation for 2023. And I think you would clearly say that Max Freed, Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, if healthy, Mike Soroka and Bryce Elder are ahead of Muller on their starting rotation depth chart. So that is seven starters who are ahead of him. And I think you could say that if you need a spot start. Oscar and Noah. And Hey, by the way, they got back Colby Allard. I like Muller better than Allard, but those are also on the 40 man roster currently and also could fill in that role. So my point being Muller's used two of his three options. If you get to the end of this season and Muller's had a year where he's gone up and down, he's pitched a little, he's been a starter in AAA. He's pitched some in the pen in Atlanta Maybe he had a start or two, but not many because there just weren't starts to go around. If he's at the end of this year, an out of options swingman who hasn't established himself at the major league level, his value would be lower than it is now because at least now you're acquiring him at a time where, hey, he goes to Oakland. They should just handle the ball and say, Congratulations, you're part of our rotation, unless. You know there's a catastrophe or your arm falls off, but you a year from now he would not necessarily still have that value if he was a brave. hey, Salinas great great year breakout year impressive that's again that's a case though, of if the A's want had wanted Roy Salinas a year ago, he would have been much cheaper than he is now. You are acquiring him at a time where. Again, his value may be less a year from now than it is now, depending on how his twenty-three goes. Okay, you could say that about any pitcher, but I, I just look at this. I thought when I heard that Sean Murphy was going to be traded, my expectation I would take. They they have they have a an array of opportunities here. However, Jeff, the thing that stands out to me is is if you're given a choice of, I can have five okay prospects, again, prospects who rank in that 100 to 150 to 450, 500, 600 best prospects in the game, or I can have fewer prospects, but I get a a top 25, a top 50. Generally, which way would you go?
1: Yeah, I would want the top 25, top 50. And, And I would even factor like young major leaguers into that sort of conversation where, you know, if I'm Oakland, I really would have demanded like Vaughn Grisham, because um, at least it's a player that you know you can plug in right away, um, high batting average type of guy where you know the power whatever he can certainly shoot the gaps, um, you know good plate approach. Like I'm I'm not too worried about that guy having a big drop off, especially when I've already seen him have success um, and sort of prodigiously like much much sooner than I think anyone had anticipated outside of probably like Von Grisham, but, um, And he he also would have been the youngest player I acquired. Yeah. He also would have been the youngest player
2: of the group that that they would have acquired. And you would think that that would matter as well, I guess with pitchers, maybe you're not as
1: concerned about that, but yeah, I think, I think it's three years of Sean Murphy. I mean, I think that's the thing that's sort of baffling is it's not, it's not as if, um, you know, the Brewers seem to be involved because like, (laughs) Oakland needed more players. Um, you know, you would, you would think that, you know, if that was the trade-off, maybe the Braves don't do it. That makes sense. But certainly, but, you know, if I'm Oakland, I, I feel like the deal would begin and end there. Right. That's not, not negotiable. But, I'd move on to another team, but I, once again, we don't know what else is on the table.
0: But, but let me ask you, if you said in this trade, okay, take, take the, 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 the Brewers players out of it. Right. Okay, let me put it in a different way. If you said you have your choice in this trade and you say, okay, you can have the trade as it is, right? Or you can get, let's just say, Mueller, Contreras, Salinas, and Tarnock. I'd take that trade. Contreras, if I have, by the way, it would be weird because you would have Langoliers and Contreras. Mm-hmm. It would be like, hey, we got the Braves double A Mississippi band back <laughs> together. And he and Kyle Muller's throwing to him. These guys all know each other. But like, yeah. I mean, Carlos, would you rather have that or would you rather have adding in story Ruiz, you know, and, and kind of what they got from, from Milwaukee?
2: Yeah, I think I would definitely rather have Contreras. I mean, you said at the very beginning of the podcast, we think he's he's probably the second best player in this trade. I think the power that he provides at the position, he doesn't even have to be a good defensive catcher if he can hit like he showed he can at the big league. He's already an all-star catcher. Yeah, I'm taking that guy with the age, with the power, with the position. Yeah, it's not it's not a question for
1: me. Jeff? Yeah, I think, you know, No doubt. You want to make sure you get the second best player in this deal. And, you know, it, it seems like Contreras is sort of clearly the second better in this deal. I mean, when I spoke, with,
2: the more we talk about it, I'm just wondering why did this trade happen now?
0: (laughs) I don't get it. I, I, that is what I'm saying that the summary, if you wanted to summarize my statement about this, this is not 2000. In 2002, when I started at baseball America, Decades ago. And I can actually so say So old, JJ.
2: So old. Decades
0: ago. But when I started Baseball America decades ago, trades would happen where you would go it's clearly some team knows something someone else doesn't. There's that's not the world of trades we live in now. Now, most of the time, trades happen and you're like, eh, I like it 2% better for this team than the other, but Clearly they're all singing from the same value sheet. They see this player versus this player. Okay. This is a logical fit. Okay. This team has 40 man roster crowding. So they give up a little bit more for it. So they can get a guy who doesn't have to be added to the 40 man or, Oh, this is clearly the two big pieces. And they got this team to throw in kind of an add in who's a high ceiling, high risk guy. You Usually these trades happen. You go, ah, You know that these makes sense. It makes sense i i I'm the biggest part I'm coming up with is I don't feel like it's a big enough package for Murphy. But the bigger part is is I don't really understand why the Brewers ended up being involved because. They saw a slam dunk
2: opportunity and took it is what it seems like.
0: (laughs) I don't, I'm not saying that Matt Arnold doesn't understand why they got involved. I mean, they're high fiving in the, you know, they're like, we did it today. What I'm saying is I don't see.
2: Well, clearly I think what we're, what we're coming into here is clearly the A's value Estuary Ruiz more than what we're talking about here for whatever reason, maybe they think the power comes, maybe they think that player profile just has more value because he, he seems to be the key from, from the Brewer side of things for Oakland. So how we've been talking about him right now, maybe, maybe Oakland's in a position where they're just a tier higher in terms of what they think that player is going to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could cue the, uh, the money ball, uh, cliche of what does he do? Well, he gets on base. So maybe they're hearkening back, uh, to the days of Moneyball and looking for the guys on the market that, that get on base at the highest rate. He yeah. It, it 14% is- walk rate last year at, you know, triple a um, El Paso. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it went down a little bit with um, uh, the move to Nashville when, you know, he was traded and he didn't do much at the major league level, but he doesn't strike a lot. And, you know, he doesn't chase very often. And, you know, there's, there's power. I just don't know if it's, you know, much more than sort of fringy mm-hmm. game power.
2: And- And also, too, his game would be one that seemingly would do really well in the new 2023 baseball system we're going to see, a system that values speed, that values athleticism. Those stolen bases right now, in, in the way we've thought about baseball the last five years, it doesn't really move the needle too much for you, but maybe this is a case where Oakland just thinks they can get ahead of the curve with this new style of baseball that might be ushered in, and a player like Ruiz... Um, he'll be valued a little bit differently. That could certainly be the case. He's still
1: 85 Again. bases last year. So, I mean, there's there's certainly some some credence to that. And, um, you know, I was talking about this offline yesterday with like Matt Eddy. But, you know, I think with all the new rule changes, the thing that in, that's impacted the most are guys with good plate discipline that are sort of these high batting average on balls, a um, hitters. And he's a guy that, you know, is really fast. Um, you know, can get the bat in the ball, gets on base, works deep into counts. So, you know, it, it stands to reason that just with the shifting and the bigger bases and, you know, obviously the limits in terms of how many times you can throw. But in the pitch counts, just being able to time um, a pitcher's rhythm after having seen him a couple of times, there is an advantage. And I, I do think that that's, you know, a good point. I just don't know if we're going to see the the second coming of Vince Coleman or, or Willie McGee, though. God, I hope we do. <laughs>
0: I, it it would be cool. And that is a great way to end this, Carlos, which is, is we always want to approach this. I'm, I know I sound like, I feel like I know everything on this trade. I don't mean it that way. Normally when a trade happens and it doesn't make sense, I think it is right to default to what do they know that we don't know? Because I, this is not something where Sometimes there is something that you know we don't know. At the same time, I also remember there have been trades in the past that have happened where you go like the Josh Donaldson trade. I remember I was in my hotel room. I think that I, somewhere, winter meetings maybe, when the Josh Donaldson trade happens, and you stop for a second and you go, okay, so the A's traded Donaldson. And it was all about, oh, they're getting Franklin Barreto back and what a bat Franklin Barreto could be. And no, your initial reaction in that case was right, which is I'd always rather get the MVP caliber player than the four prospects in a deal, and that ended up being that. No, that was absolutely the way. I would say right now that it's useful to know maybe a story Ruiz is better than what we're evaluating him right now. Maybe, maybe I. I can't come up with that. Sean Murphy's that much worse than we think he is. I'm not, I'm not going there. Maybe will William could, you know, maybe Contreras is, is going to have a little more trouble with the new rules because his arm, his arm's okay. I mean, it's not like that's a real problem for him as a catcher, but I would come back to, maybe the A's are getting more out of this, but I do also come back to my summary. And I do want to let each of you all have your summary too, but my summary is, but as I talk to teams. They seem to at least perceive that they're that they were offering in some cases more than what the A's got in return. Maybe the A's value these players more, maybe they know something, but it does feel like a somewhat baffling trade just from the standpoint of I again, the the Braves got the best player, the Brewers got the second best, and the A's got a whole lot of players. But Carlos, anything else that we haven't covered that you want to cover?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm just curious now when Anthopolis is going to extend Sean Murphy. I would say over-under is probably a week and a half before we hear about the extension that he's going to sign. And I, I think the from the Braves' perspective, I think they traded from some depth in in an otherwise diminishing farm system to, to supplement their current major league team. So I think it's a good move for them. And uh, oh, Okay.
0: That's one thing I wanted to cover with that, Carlos, because you do our Braves list. Yeah. This Braves top 30 now, by the way. Oh, man. Because... The bad oh, yeah. news is is we still do updated online. So Carlos doesn't have a chance. He still has to get to 30 yeah. for, you know, even if we don't put it in the handbook. And this is a wasteland now. But you know what? If you're going to have a wasteland of a farm system, do it at a time where mm-hmm. you have three, you basically have it if you count grissom have it as part of it. You have an entire infield that is locked up for the next several years.
2: Yeah. I mean, they have a core. with
0: Olsen, Albies, Grissom, and Riley. Yep. They have two catchers, Darnold, and now they know that they're going to have their core catcher for the next three years in Murphy. They have Acuna and Harris locked up long-term in both cases, but one of them because he just started playing last year in majors, and one of them gets on a long-term deal. They have a rotation even without Freed being locked up they have a number of pitchers spencer strider will be there for years to come Mm -hmm. if you're not going to have a farm system this is the time to not have a farm system when you don't really have a whole lot of openings on your big league roster right
2: yeah and i think they've done a really good job trading from the pieces they have to to supplement and improve that core i think they they probably have the most valuable, controlled, young hitting core in all of baseball. I, I think it would be really tough to find another team that that you would rather have just in terms of control and youth. Uh, and now for for the Braves farm system, it's a lot of pitchers at the lower levels who, who hopefully you can kind of have them take the steps they need over the next few years to impact the rotation or the bullpen three or four years down the line. And maybe the biggest question for me now with the Braves is how do they go about uh reinforcing their talent pool there are not a lot of hitters there there are barely any hitters uh to speak of that you could have a lot of confidence in with this system now given the trade of justin henry malloy um how do they go about navigating the international waters now that they're kind of back and playing in that area and then how do they navigate the next few drafts those are all interesting things for me over the next few years but in terms of graduating prospects using other prospects to supplement their core i think they've done a a tremendous job and they've won five straight division titles to uh to kind of prove that. So uh, they're in a good situation although I, m- I mean maybe Atlanta fans just aren't used to a farm system being this bad, but it's bad for the right reasons in my opinion.
0: So Jeff, anything that we missed, anything that you want to cover before we wrap up?
1: Um no, not really. I think you know you guys have, you know, sort of hit the nail on the head with the Braves how they've accumulated talent. Um, the way they've brought up sort of the right. I think this is something we've seen with Good organizations that have had sustained winning over the last like 30 years is they know the guys to keep. They know the guys to trade away. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean all the guys they trade away are bad, uh, but they typically make sure that the, the standout players, which as we've already seen, have brought them up to the major league level. They've locked them up, um, and here they go adding another player. So yeah, there's it, it sort of bought them a lot of time over the next few years to sort of rebuild that farm system. Um, And I think, you know, with Oakland, it's just it's a matter of watching and waiting and seeing if, you know, with all of these, we'll see, really talented guys they've brought in from numerous trades over the last few years. um, You know, can they get a core of like three or four pitchers from all these arms they've acquired? And they've acquired over a dozen, I think, now guys that have ranked on 30s over the last couple of years Um, and a couple of potential everyday regulars. they can do that. Then I I think it doesn't maybe look as, as bad um, long-term, but you know, they really need, <laughs> they really need this one of these trades to work out like the Ozuna deal for Miami when they were trading off all of their star asset players that at least they got Sandy Alcantara back and he's turned into something. I don't think any of these guys are going to turn into Alcantara, but they sort of need that. They need like a, like a mid rotation need- to come from one of these trades because I'm not so sure to have that, but, at the same time, we can't look into the future. A lot of development happens at the major league level. Maybe they're going to make some investment at some point, um, you know, within development, within player acquisition. Um, we know it's been sort of an interesting situation as um, things have developed around a stadium or moving to, you know, Las Vegas. It's just one of these teams where everything is sort of up in the air, and you even crossing across sports. We've seen this. Um, with another Oakland team and we've sort of seen this with other teams that have moved. So um, I don't know if the writing is on the wall or not, uh, but it's not great. They're not, they're not making the most out of this core of players they had brought up over the last few years that, um, you know, had made them a really competitive team. Um, I think we sort of forget that is like two, three years ago, Oakland was a legitimate playoff team and it made the playoffs multiple times. And um you know, as they've dismantled this thing, they just really haven't been able to get back any star power or any impact, it seems. Okay,
0: I'm putting you guys on the spot, but I'll start myself here, which is, to end it, what Jeff just said. Like, you look at this A's lineup right now, and to say that this is a starless lineup, like, is not really doing it justice, but... Among the projected players, I will, I will give you the, 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 the hints here. Who do you think is the most productive player among the current players, will be the most productive player in 23, among the current players on the ace roster? Tony Kemp, Seth Brown, Astori Ruiz, Nick Allen, Shea Langeleers, Omedis Diaz, Jace Peterson, Ramon Loriano, Ryan Noda. Ernie Clement, Christian Pache, Manny Pena. Who you got?
2: Jordan Diaz. You're asking who's the who's going to be the most productive of these players? Yes. Uh, probably Sean Murphy.
0: Well, that 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 is no longer <laughs> an acceptable answer. He will not be wearing uh, green and green and gold and gray.
2: This is a bunch of players who don't get on base. Also. Uh I don't know. I'll go Shea Langliers because he has power and he's a good catcher, so he'll do well in war if he if he does that. Where are you going, JJ?
0: I'm gonna go Ramon Loriano, bounce back here. I like Loriano.
2: Jeff, did you answer that I did
1: did I yours? Or is Peterson I, your your answer? I joke I jokingly said Jace Peterson, which which yeah. honestly I thought I, I thought, thought you were gonna the say Ryan Noto. but I'd like to say it was uh Ryan Noto, but I, I'll say Shea Langliers because he's a catcher. And I do think there's enough offense there and he's got no one in the way of playing time now. So. Not, Manny like Pena support.
0: is 35. He can't catch more than, you know, <laughs> 60, 70 games.
1: So, exactly.
0: okay. We'll end it there. Thank you guys for joining us on a, uh, we assembled this in no time at all in this emergency pod trade podcast. Check it all out. Baseballamerica.com. We have a full write-up with all nine players written up from the trade. We also the Cubs top 10 go live today as well. There's a lot more going on the rest of the week. We have more top tens. We will be finishing our central top tens before long. It is, we are deep into prospect season already here at baseballamerica.com. So check it out at baseballamerica.com. For Carlos, for Jeff, I'm JJ. So long, everybody.